0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Braves in the post-deadline edition. Today's show brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, as well as our friends from Rock Auto. When you need to take care of your car the same way it takes care of you, go to rockauto.com and find all the parts and pieces at low, friendly prices. Alright guys, the trade deadline is officially passed, and Braves fans, I know we are not feeling very well about it. Um, There's frankly no other way to say this other than for the vast majority of Braves fans, this was a very, very disappointing deadline. Now, that's not to say that everybody wanted the Braves to just go all in and just trade the farm, but after the the deal for Tommy Malone for two players to be named later, which we won't find out who they are until after the season because they're two players that aren't in the 60-man player pool, I think we can all agree that the Braves, with one established starting pitcher in their rotation, the fans were expecting a little bit more than just Tommy Malone, who... Came in, uh, pitched the first day that he was acquired for the Braves and did not pitch well. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass on that, seeing as he was he literally came over and pitched the day that he got traded or the day after he got traded. So he was on a charter right after, came straight to Atlanta and or straight to Philadelphia and pitched against the Phillies. Uh, it didn't go well for him. Um, got hit pretty hard uh, again, though. I mean, it, it's hard to to make that adjustment that quick, and that's not even to discuss the fact that the catchers have never worked with this pitcher before. That it's all brand new, so I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a pass on the first day. Uh, unfortunately, that that ended up being the only move. I think everybody was was assuming that that was just going to be the low end move. Everybody was thinking, all right, the Braves need to go out and find, you know, get one of these guys that's going to be a number two, um, and then get a guy that's going to be a back end for that number four or five slot that can just get you five innings and get to this really really solid bullpen. Well. Mike Clevenger was traded to San Diego for a package that um, depending on who you talk to in Braves country, you will get different opinions on it. Um, I'm not even going to mention talking about the radio hosts because uh, a lot of their a lot of their main concern is making sure that they don't piss off Alex Anthopoulos and that they don't lose any scoops. So they don't really have much reason to be fully honest with you guys. Um, I'm just going to tell you from from what I'm feeling, and this is probably what we're going to spend most of the day on. We'll talk we'll talk all of the first segment just on the trade deadline. Second segment, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit further about how I'm feeling about the Braves organization today. Um, you know, it, it's it's very tough. I tried very hard this year not to get sucked into this idea that the Braves were going to go out and make some big acquisitions. Um, I've fallen into that trap before with this regime as we seem to do this every trade deadline and every offseason under Alex Anthopoulos we come out and there's reports that all oh, the Braves are looking at all of these big name guys. Oh, they're looking at the top notch guys. The Braves have all the pieces they need to bring in one of these marquee names and really make a run at it. And then the days go by and the Braves will make a small trade for, you know, somebody who's not a good player on, on a bad team. And you decide, oh, well, we'll take a, a lottery ticket idea, you know, the Kevin Gosman trade where the Bra- the best prospect the Braves gave up in that deal was Brett Cumberland. I mean, the only two that the Braves gave up that really have any any real expectations of making it to the majors. Evan Phillips has made it, but he hasn't really been good. Unfortunately, I like Evan Phillips, but he hasn't been good. Um, Bruce Zimmerman, who I've interviewed on the Platinum Sombrero, love Bruce, but he hasn't made it up yet. He'll most likely get a shot next year. Brett Cumberland hasn't got a shot yet. Nobody really knows what's going on with Brett Cumberland, but he was essentially the fourth or fifth catcher in the organization. And Carlos Encarnacion, which is the guy with the highest upside, but also has the lowest floor of all of them. so a little bit more of a lottery ticket item. He has not performed exceptionally well with them either. So it's a low risk, low reward deal, and that kind of seems to be what Alex Anthopoulos has been doing the entire trade market since he's been the Atlanta Braves GM. And you can make the case early on: well, the Braves weren't expected to be good, so no need to sell off the prospect capital to accelerate a window that you're not even sure you're going to have. Last year, you're looking at it like, all right, well, you know, don't want to sell off everybody this year. We still want to let want to let the cream rise to the top here and try to figure out which of the guys that we want to save. You don't want to get another Adam Wainwright situation where you deal away. A guy that goes on to be a stud for the next ten, fifteen years for for you know one season of a player. Everybody's still got the Mark Teixeira deal burned into their minds, which in hindsight is not as bad as it looked at the time. Um, but unfortunately, I, I don't feel like this is an honest discussion because you can come into this season and you can say, "All right, well, you know, you don't want to sell the farm for for twenty twenty. You don't want to sell the farm for a month and a half." But nobody was nobody was suggesting that the Braves do that. That to me, that's the dishonest talking point here. When you hear Alex Anthopoulos talk about it on Six Eighty, the fan, um, it just appears very disingenuous, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But I am disappointed. Um, I'm not as I'm not as angry as a lot of people because I really honestly didn't expect a whole lot. I expected a trade to be made. Like I really thought they were going to get Lance Lynn. Um, Texas apparently had had some different ideas, and I think they will regret not trading him. It'll be much the same as what happened with them with Mike Minor, who they only got two players to be named later from Oakland this year for. Um, but again, the price, this was a seller's market since half the league is making it to the playoffs. So a lot of these teams on the bubble weren't looking to deal starting pitching. Um, I, I get that, but then again, if you're the Braves, this has been kind of the same song and dance for them throughout the entire Alex Anthopoulos regime. And this kind of goes back to something I've said numerous times where I really do feel like Alex is gun shy. He made that big trade in Toronto. Everybody knows the Josh Donaldson trade, but the the other trade that everybody should know about and, and what I think kind of explains his reticence to trade prospects now was the Noah Syndergaard trade for R.A. Dickey, which blew up in his face and honestly it was a horrible, horrible deal. And I think that might've affected him long-term because we haven't seen him really come close to dealing a top prospect since he's been here in Atlanta. And, in LA he wasn't in control of the trades or anything like that. We talk about oh, he learned from the Dodgers and he learned from the best. Well the Dodgers are willing to make trades for for guys within their top 10 and they're willing to trade them. out. I mean they just brought in uh, Bruce Delgado. They traded Yusniel Diaz last year. They, they've made some trades in the Manny Machado trade. They uh, traded Alex Verdugo to Boston in order to bring in Mookie Betts. Now It's Mookie Betts but when you're talking about bringing in guys that can help you get into a World Series, it's not going to be cheap and it's not going to be easy. And this is one of those things, this is where I think Alex is weakest as a GM. I think he questions himself a lot, and I think he falls into this trap of he just can't help himself but try to hype the fan base up every time. He keeps trying to hype it up, oh, well, we can afford anybody we want. Oh, it wasn't a money issue, it was a talent issue. Or, oh, we can go out and we, we're looking at so-and-so, we're looking at Bryce Harper, or we're, we're, we're talking to Manny Machado, we're talking to everybody and you sell that that bill of goods to the fan base and you get them excited and you keep everybody, you know, entertained and watching and really hyped and zeroed in on the Braves but then you don't really do anything. You can say that all you want, but if you're not willing to actually pay the players or, you know, pay the going rate for top-notch players, you're not really in on those players. And to me, it's it's disingenuous at the very least to keep going in front of the fan base every trade deadline and every offseason and talk about how you're willing to spend money or oh you can go and get anybody you want to to basically come back and say well we liked our guys better we don't really think that we were in that we we just the value wasn't there for us and I can I can understand that play but you got to be honest about it and to me that's the part that that bothers me the most about Alex Anthopoulos is he basically is treating everybody like they're idiots and they can't see what's actually going on when you go on and you start talking about how. Teams wanted uh, Austin Riley, Ian Anderson, and Drew Waters in a deal for a starting pitcher. I can see the return that that, pl- that the player you were targeting netted. And we're talking about Mike Clevenger from going from Cleveland to San Diego. And you can talk about, oh, well, it's hard to grade the prospects this year. Um, and it, it, if this were a normal year, Gabriel Arias would have been a top 100 prospect. But the simple fact of the matter is none of the players – going from San Diego to Cleveland, were top 100 prospects. None of them were top five prospects in San Diego's system. Now, granted, San Diego's system is deeper than Atlanta's, so there's, there's no way of saying that Arias wouldn't have been a top five in Atlanta's system, although I think you can take a look at the top five in Atlanta. If you see that Atlanta has four of their top five guys are in the top 100, it's probably a pretty fair bet that actually Arias wouldn't be a top five prospect in the organization because there's quite a wide range of variance on his outcome, but that's besides the point. The fact of the matter is, you can't sit up here and tell me that Cleveland was demanding that you give them three top 50 prospects, or they weren't going to deal, yet they're willing to take this deal from San Diego that doesn't include a single top 100 prospect. You say, oh, well, they got some Major League pieces. Austin Hedges is not a good Major League piece. He's an elite defensive catcher, makes Tyler Flowers look like Babe Ruth offensively. He's not a good... He's a halfway player. I mean, they needed a catcher, but, I mean, you could have gotten Alex Jackson for the same effect. I mean... You can tell me Gabriel Arias has has a chance to be Trevor Story, and that's absolutely true. He also has a chance to never be able to consistently hit at the big league level. There's a reason why he's got a 35 future value hit tool. I mean, you can't tell me that you couldn't have matched that. It, it's just not true. The Braves could have matched it, and you could say, well, the needs didn't really line up because they wanted Major League pieces because they also got Josh Naylor, who's a, a guy who's going to be on the Major League roster playing in the outfield. And, okay, but Josh Naylor is not Drew Waters. So, it, it, it's... To me, it's a disservice to the fan base when you try to come out there and and tell them things like, oh, well, they wouldn't do it unless we gave them... two of our top three. And it's just not true. That's how negotiations start. It's one of those things that kind of leads me to believe maybe Alex isn't the best as far as negotiating trades. When you look at the trades that he has completed, they've been very small, no-name guys that you don't really have to go back and forth on. You can just say, hey, I'll give you these two lottery tickets for this guy that's underperformed for you. And all right, well, sure, whatever. We're not getting anything out of him. Might as well try something else. And that tends to be the way that it's looked so far. And for me, if you want to go that route, you can go that route. But I need you to be honest about it. I need you to stop this stupid I need you to just be quiet. Just say nothing. That that's that's really the main point. Like you don't have to go out of your way to excite fans and get people's hopes up because when you do that, sure you get a you get an increase in in excitement and in hope and following and then you immediately dash and you get right back to where we are today where Ninety percent of people are furious with with what the Atlanta Braves did, particularly looking at twenty twenty, where Max Freed is the only established starting pitcher in your rotation right now, aside from Tommy Malone, who did not leave a good taste in Braves fans' mouths. But we got to take our first break. When we come back, we're gonna ten- we're gonna continue on this train of thought, and we're gonna go into my my thoughts about really what I think of Alex Anthopoulos as a GM and where I think the Braves stand right now, and uh, really just kind of allow everybody to vent today. So um hope you guys will stick around through the break. We'll be right back after this right here on Locked on Braves. The world may have taken a break in 2020, but your business needs did not. You have to keep moving forward, and that means you need to hire the right people for your business. Indeed understands, and they're here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world for a reason. They're number one because they get you what you need fast. The best people, the fastest time possible. Unlike those other sites, Indeed gives you full control over your hiring process. But what if you're a guy looking for a new job? Never fear, because with tools like Sponsored Jobs, Indeed has found a way to help the job seeker with applications. Shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed every single month, Indeed can help you get the hire you need, the right person you're looking for, just like they have for over 3 million businesses worldwide. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post. That means you get more quality candidates faster. And that's the name of the game. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on MLB to get the best offer anywhere. That's indeed.com slash locked on MLB terms and conditions apply from an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12 pack of beer while you watch the game. Sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're having lunch, maybe even right when you get up in the morning. I love food. And that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant out there, at least everyone that I can think of, right to my front door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They can make my life easier with grocery delivery, whatever I can think of delivery. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it, Postmates will deliver it. No more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners here on Locked on Braves $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. That is the perfect amount of time. Everybody's stuck in quarantine. You know what? Don't worry about getting all your food. Don't worry about going out and shopping. Just Postmate it. Start your free deliveries, Just download the app. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You'll get $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days just for downloading the Postmates app for iOS or Android. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. everybody, welcome back to the show. hope you guys uh, aren't too down in the dumps after the first segment. I wish I had nicer things to tell you today, but um, it, it's not really a fun day as far as Braves fans are concerned for the most part. Uh, you, you do still have the people that are excited that they didn't trade any young prospects, and I certainly get that too. I think Drew Waters is going to be an amazing player, so I can certainly understand any reticence to give up Drew Waters or Austin Riley now that he's really starting to hit and might make you think that uh, maybe you figured out third base and it's not really a big issue and you don't want to create a whole You don't want to fill one hole by creating another hole. And I understand that. But if you're talking about trying to become one of these World Series types of teams, you can't just sit there and wait for every young guy to be ready to go we have this idea there's, there's this big idea among a lot of guys and it's mainly prospect guys. And I'm a prospect guy too. So I understand the the thought and the love behind it, but there's, there's this thought that's kind of roaming around that windows aren't really a real thing. And that it's more just, you just keep cycling good and good and you're always in contention. It's not really the case because the point isn't to be good. The point is to be the best and, all these young guys, they they learn at a different rate. I mean, look no further than this season. Kyle Wright, Tuki Toussaint, Sean Newcomb, Bryce Wilson. We've been waiting for these guys. Mike Fulton getting sent back down. Now he's called back up. We've been waiting for these guys to be big pieces of the of the rotation. And while it's certainly bad that 2020 happened the way it has, honestly, it might be a boon to the Braves that this was a regular full 162-game season. Kyle Wright and Tuki Dusant and Sean Newcomb were all expected to play a big part in a tradition in 2020, and none of them have been ready to do so. They've been very bad. Tukey had a really good start against Toronto, but uh, out, out of all five of those, Tukey's been the only one of those to have a good start. Ian Anderson had a phenomenal debut, looked absolutely amazing, but again, it was the debut. We'll see what happens again tonight as he takes on his, his favorite childhood team growing up, the Boston Red Sox. We'll see what happens. Now, the Red Sox aren't a good team, so I would, I would expect... Uh, Ian's going to have a good day today, as long as his, his curveball is working. That's really going to be what hinges on it. This his curveball is not working, he's kind of a two-pitch guy. He can get in some trouble. But as long as Ian stays attacking hitters like he did in his first start, I'm expecting him to do very well. But even if Ian does work out, now you're talking about Max Fried, who is legitimately a Cy Young-type pitcher and, and I fully believe is going to be a top-ten pitcher in Major League Baseball for a long, long time. But you're talking about Max Freed having to bear all the pressure. You're talking about Tommy Malone, who you just hope can kind of get you through five innings and without you know giving up eight runs in five innings. You're talking about you've been starting Robbie Erlin, You've been starting Josh Tomlin. And my point on this, if you're trying to tell me that these these prospects that you have are, are so valuable, I can understand that if you really believe it. But you're not showing me that you believe it. Because if they were that valuable, we wouldn't be sitting here wondering what Tucker Davidson has to do to get a start. We're starting Robbie Erlin and Josh Tomlin, for God's sake. I mean... It's not like your your words are not backing up your actions at this point. If they really were that great, you wouldn't be sending them down constantly and running out also rands like Erlin and Tomlin. I mean, you'd be letting these guys get their lumps and, and you'd be expecting there'd be more bad or more good than bad. Unfortunately, that's not the case right now. And I'm not advocating that you give up on these prospects. They're very good prospects for a reason. They have very very good stuff. I mean, Bryce Wilson, it's easy to forget because we've seen a lot of bad from these guys. These guys are all super young. Bryce Wilson's 22 years old. Tuki Tusan, I think is 23 or 24. Kyle Wright's 24 or 25. These are all very very young guys. And I mean, they haven't Kyle Wright has not been in the has not been a professional for a long time. Bryce Wilson has not been a professional for a long time. Tukey's been around for a while, but he came in at 18, so he, it's not like he's been this established young guy who, who's had a ton of, of of run. I mean, you still have growing pains, but when you're a team like the Braves and you've got Freddie Freeman in his prime and you've got Ronald Acuna and you've got Marcelo Zuna for a season and you've got Ozzy Albies who's hurt right now, but you've got Dansby Swanson playing this well, you've got Travis Darno playing well, you've got a ton of Guys who are playing exceptionally well, you don't want to waste the prime years of, of of guys like Freddie Freeman's career. You don't want to you don't want to play the long game with them just because you are afraid to deal some prospects. And I talk about it on the Platinum Sombrero with my partner Doc all the time. Whenever you're going to make a big trade, it's going to hurt. Teams aren't going to give you great players for your castaways. They're going to ask for your best guys. It's Alex's job. To be able to negotiate them down, you look at AJ Preller, and you've got people saying that AJ Preller gave up a ton to get what he get to get what he got. I didn't think he gave up all that much for Mike Clevenger. Clevenger's under control again for next season. That to me is the other issue. When I have people saying, "Oh, don't blow you don't want to add those guys and, and blow it up for 2020. They're not blowing it up for 2020. You're playing for 2021. Clevenger and Lance Lynn are both under control for 2021. So this idea that if you'd acquired them, you were only playing for 2020, it's just flat out incorrect. But the bigger issue here is, is that Alex doesn't seem to be able to bring himself to trade any of these prospects, but he hasn't shown a willingness or any real sense of urgency to actually play them. I mean, Christian Pache's had one game and a couple innings at the big league level. Meanwhile, we're still watching Ender and Ciarte play every day. We're watching – you know, we're watching – Robbie Erlen, We're watching Josh Tomlin. We're not seeing Tucker Davidson. We're not seeing Patrick Weigel. We're not seeing Kyle Wright. We're not seeing Tuki Toussaint. If you're telling me that these guys are so good that you can't trade them to bring in a bona fide stud like Clevenger or Lynn, then you have to at least play them. You can't sit here and play both sides of this fence. Oh, they're so amazing, but we think Robbie Erlin gives us a better chance to win right now. You can't you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth and expect people to believe it. So if you're asking me. From now on, don't ask me about are the Braves going are the Braves going to get X big name player because until I actually see the Braves acquire and the player play in a Braves uniform, I'm not going to believe it. I'm, I'm the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing multiple times and expecting a different result. I I am not going to get overly excited or expectant about any big name piece until it actually goes down. I think that it's kind of a crock. Everybody's talking about Liberty media, but oh, well, they're just too cheap to help Alex out. I don't really think that that's the issue either, because it's not like Clevenger's making a ton of money. Lance Lynn is not making a ton of money. He's making nine and a half million dollars next year. So you can't tell me that. Oh well, they just didn't want to bring in payroll. You're not really bringing in payroll. The most expensive player that the Braves were talking about bringing in was Kyle Seager, and with Austin Riley kind of playing the way he is, it could have shown the Braves that well he could be he could be Kyle Seager next year. We don't really need to bring in Kyle Seager and his money and ship out Austin Riley, which is which is definitely what it would have costed to bring in Seager. You just got to hope that Riley's issues are are, are really more what they've shown in the minors, where it just takes him a little bit to adjust. And, and now that he's adjusting, you think that he's really figured something out and hope that he's not kind of a streaky guy, but that this can be a little bit more consistent. And I, again, I can understand if you're saying that your talent evaluators are the best in the business and you trust your guys' evaluations, but you need to convey that to the fans as well. Enough of this nonsense of, of getting people's hopes up just to dash them and then coming out as soon as... the, the I think the biggest slap in the face in this entire trade deadline was... For the Braves to strike out on bringing in any actual decent starting pitcher, sorry, Tommy Malone, but to, to bring in any decent starting pitcher, they failed to do that. And then as soon as the trade deadline ends, you come out here and you start talking about, oh, Fulty's put on 20 pounds. He's back up to 94. Sean Newcomb has looked amazing. He's fixing his his mechanics. He's totally redoing everything. Kyle Wright has looked amazing. He's ready to go again. Bryce Wilson's looked awesome. These guys are ready to go, and they're ready to show you why. You that is such a blatant slap in the face. It's such a blatant cover up for hey, yeah, we know you're disappointed, but we're gonna try to sell you real quick on how awesome these guys are as a reason why we didn't make any moves. It's just not true. I mean, Ky- Kyle Wright obviously looked good in spring training. He looked good in summer camp. I don't know what he's gonna show you at the alternate site against a bunch of other minor leaguers that makes you think that he's fixed his his issues. We've talked about this with Kyle Wright for a while. He's what's he fixed? What issues has he fixed in two starts at the alternate site? He, you don't know. We won't know until we see it. Now, it could work out because Kyle Wright's extremely talented, but what I do not respect is the blatant lying and the blatant trying to to just brown nose and, and try to distract the fan base from the fact that you struck out again. I mean, we can talk about, you know, we've made some good signings. Marcelo Zuna was an excellent signing, but it's always one-year signings. Josh Donaldson, Marcelo Zuna, Cole Hamels, one-year deals. You're talking about Once going into next year, I wouldn't be shocked to see them give Marcus Stroman a one-year prove-it deal. That's not going to get it done, though. You still have to go through teams like the Dodgers who are a juggernaut of a team. You have to go through teams like the Padres who now are an extremely talented and extremely good-looking team when you see what they've added. They went out and they added uh, two catchers, Jason Castro and Austin Nola, who's been extremely talented, who's been really, really good this year. They went out and they added Mike Clevenger to bolster a rotation that already featured Chris Paddock and Dennelson Lamette, who's been probably the most improved player in all of baseball this year. They've got Fernando Tatis Jr. They've got a ton of young studs on that team, Manny Machado, and down third base, they've got a lot going on. They went out and Preller decided, you know what? I've got this super top-notch farm system. I don't have spaces for all of these guys, so why don't I use them to bring in players that help me without really killing my window? And you can tell me that the Braves, you know, they're super top-heavy, so they can't afford to, to deal the same type of guys. The Braves have an excellent farm system in their own right. Now, I agree that the top three are far better than the rest of the prospects in the organization. But it's not like William Contreras hasn't shown that he's outstanding. It's not like Shay Lang Leers hasn't given you a lot to really like. It's not like the pitchers aren't still talented guys. The issue is you have to either play them, and whenever you play them, you run the risk of them doing what they've done this year and disappointing and lowering trade value, or you get to the point where it's Colby Allard and you're, you're dealing a guy that you took super high that was at one point the best pitcher in your farm system dealing him for a reliever and Chris Martin. I mean, you cannot play both sides of this. You have to do one or the other. I just want a little bit of honesty. I'm tired. I am so very tired of of, of the the run around, the oh yeah, no, we're going to add and then you've got an excuse, every reason why you didn't. During the season it's oh, well the value wasn't there talent-wise. During the off season it's oh, well the value wasn't there money-wise. It has to be one or the other. It can't be both. And for Alex, this is a this is a big time test. Alex gets called an elite GM Kind of unfairly in my mind, I don't really give him credit for locking up Acuna and Ozzy to super team friendly contracts. It's not like it's not like he you know did something super amazing to them that made them sign under market values. Literally any GM in baseball, if given the opportunity to sign them to that deal, would have done that deal in 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 a heartbeat. It's not like Alex is the one that talked them into signing that deal. I mean he, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I'm happy that he didn't trade Ozzy or <laughs> Ronald Acuna, but I'm not going to give you credit for that you got to show me that you've done something as far as the other side of this as a GM. I mean, we, we don't know about the draft picks until a few years from now, but as I've mentioned before, it's not my cup of tea to just go high floor, low ceiling. That's not really what I look to do. We haven't seen anything in the way of young pitchers really establish themselves. Now, Freed and Soroka doing what they've done, that's a good boon, but neither one of those are Alex Anthopoulos' guys. I mean, when you look at the big league roster, Alex is getting a lot of credit for Frank Renn and John Copel's work. And To be quite frank, it's a little bit annoying to have Braves fans tell me about how amazing Alex Anthopoulos is and try to rate him as one of the best GMs in baseball, when at the moment he really hasn't done anything to show you that he is one of those elite gems. I'm not telling you that he's not a good GM, because he definitely is a good GM. He's very smart. He knows what he's talking about. But... You can't just label somebody elite because you you like the things that they say. They have to show you that they're elite too, and that comes in the form of acquisitions. That comes in the form of being able to negotiate down to an offer that you're comfortable with. That comes in the form of being able to figure out which of your talent you should keep and which of your talent you should deal. There's a lot that goes into it. It's not as simple as, cool, he signed Ronald Acuna to a long contract. That means he's an elite GM. Every single person would do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm... you guys can tell I'm not happy today. I'm not. I'm really not angry. I promise. I'm. I'm more just tired. I'm. I'm disappointed. I'm not angry, and I'm not going to get angry anymore. I'm not going to expect anything at trade deadlines or free agent acquisitions. All I'm going to hope and all I'm going to say is, if you're going to play that game where my prospects are obviously better, and I'm just going to bet on my prospects, you got to be willing to back it up and play them. I'm going to leave it there. If we get to this point next week, and I'm recording a show next week, and Christian Pache is not playing. And we still don't have uh, Kyle Wright or Tukey or Tucker Davidson making a start. And we've still got Robbie Erlin and Josh Tomlin in the rotation. It'll be a very, very different episode. And I'll have some different words for Alex Anthopoulos. But for now just don't i'm not going to buy into the to the stupid line uh, as far as you know listening to to what the radio guys are saying they have a vested interest in making sure that Alex is happy with them and not angry with them they want to make sure that he continues coming on the show so they're not exactly going to be 100% honest with you either i'm just here to tell you whatever you're feeling whether you're super happy whether you're super depressed don't let anybody tell the, tell you that you're a bad fan for believing one way or the other i mean you should be frustrated this is a Braves team that we're not the Padres we're not one of these half-in, half-out teams. This is a team that has real expectations placed upon them. And right now, you've got one starting pitcher in your rotation. Hopefully, we'll see Ian Anderson go out there and dominating in tonight. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing him again, looking forward to seeing him in Act 2. We'll be back again tomorrow, I promise, and we'll talk about Ian Anderson starting. And we'll try to have a little bit of a happier note. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and end the show today. Uh, sorry if this was a little bit of a downer for you guys, but thank you for listening anyway. Uh, thank you to Locked On Podcast Network for giving me the platform. And thank you to you guys who are the reason that I do this whenever I do this. So thank you guys so much. Talk to you again tomorrow right here, Unlocked on, on Braves. Um.